Yay. I think we're live. I was trying to post and tell my mom I'm on TV. <laughs> Aren't you excited? So excited. Uh, well, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Hey, do you know this is the year of Taylor Swift? What? Because we're all feeling 22. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is so terrible. You've been saving that one up. You've been thinking about that all night, haven't you? Uh, I've been thinking about it for... 12 years since she released the song. Oh, there you go. I've been waiting for this I, year. I've never heard that song. My whole What? I, have never... I don't know about you, but I'm feeling <laughs> I, we 22. Oh. Well, here we are, start of 2022, and you know we're starting off this year right by canceling church on the very first Sunday. And singing Taylor Swift. And I almost fell coming from the hub to the shed out on the sidewalk, so you know we may have saved somebody from cracking their head open. Yeah, I'll be honest. When I left this morning, I was like, this was silly. And then I started driving, and my car started sliding. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. I actually slid down the, my driveway because it's a little steeper than normal. Yeah. And yeah, so it was it bad. It really didn't look bad, but it's slick out it, there. It is slick out there. So, man, we're glad that you are joining us. And, you know, maybe if you um, didn't know that we weren't having church today, what you ought to do is download the app. A little hashtag ad, as Jordan would say. The C3FW the C3 app? C3FW app available at your local app store. And then you can get a push notification because at 3 o'clock exactly yesterday afternoon when we finally decided, you know what, let's just not even chance it, we sent out a notification, email. If you don't have your email, you didn't get an email. But anyway. I got a notification. Yeah, so we're glad that, that you are here. You know what else and you can find in that app? What? All the youth events. All the youth events. And then you can know when they are and come to them. <laughs> All that good stuff. <laughs> Just saying. So, hey, if you're wondering, you know, maybe they thought they were going to turn into a, tune into a serious kind of thing. and. We may get a little serious later, but this is kind of what we do. We, we do this thing called Generationally Speaking, if you don't know, um, on Thursday evenings, one coming up this next Thursday. But anyway, that's kind of the, the mode that we were actually going to do in church anyway. Um, we actually had this all set up down on the stage. Now we're back up in our video suite, and, and we are going to kick off week two of Habits. And Yay. I, I have a question for you. Yes. This is a habit that I've started in the last month or so. Okay. Do you make your bed? Brad, <laughs> we both know the answer to that, but I'm yeah. going to go a little further. Okay. I honestly don't know if I have made a bed in my entire life. I was gonna, that was going to be my next question. Okay, we also have Bruce over here. Bruce, do you make your bed? Or does Becky make your no, bed? No, I kind of just throw the covers back up. I don't like <laughs> make it, make it. Yeah, I've been making my bed. And there's actually a book about this. Did you know that? About making your bed? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's by Admiral William McRaven. Oh, you and really wrote that down? Yeah, make yeah, because I never remember this. <laughs> make your bed, little things that can change your life and maybe the world. It's a habit. And so I've been making my bed every every morning. Matter of fact, I got out this morning thinking, you know, I'm probably going to get back in here this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. But I made it anyway. Do you? Would you say um, making your bed has uh, changed the world? Uh, no. So my question to you, everybody in the chat, all however many of you are there, do you make your bed? You know, we'd like to know, do you make your bed at least on a regular basis oh, in the mornings? My mom sees me. Does she? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I see you. Well, anyway, hey, welcome to Crossbridge, everybody. My name's Brad. I'm the lead pastor here. This is Mr. Trevor Grimaud, the hey. one and only, our youth pastor, and not on camera today, but we gave him a mic because we think he's going to have some interesting things to say today, is our tech director, Bruce Colbert, running everything over to our left. Also preparation in case I get a little too sleepy. Exactly. Yeah, we were <laughs> concerned that, for you. <laughs> that he may not make it. So we're just going to, you know, kind of jump into this week number two of habits. And um, do you, here's another question for you. Do you make okay. New Year's resolutions? <laughs> Again, Brad, I, I think I can confidently say, <laughs> say I've never made never one made in my one. life. Yeah. 34 years now. How about you, Bruce? Uh, sometimes, yes, uh, not 
constantly or or I don't know. It's not a big thing to me. Not a big sometimes thing. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So again, did you how, make how many people year? make their beds in the in the chat so far? There's not a lot actually. There's not. A There's lot? a lot. Yeah. Really. So we got one yes every day. How do I do that when Trevor is in it? That's a valid question. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I, I usually that. make my bed. Yes, yes, yes. Like at least eight right now. Wow. So there's there's quite a few. There's quite a few. It's a great habit to start. You ought to start doing that. Um, yeah, that's, that's not, not going to happen. happen. That's not going to happen. No. Oh well. Well, hey, let's just let's just talk about this. Last week I started. You know, this has been. We talked last week. This has been an unusual start because of where you know Sundays were in, and that. So we said let's yeah. just do this two weeks on habits. And here's the interesting thing. I went out to lunch with another Crossbridger um, after last week's sermon. And I guess we had t- apparently talked about habits a few years ago at the beginning of the year, which I had totally forgot about. We don't remember our series at nah. all. <laughs> we just kind of... So anyway, she said, I tell you, it's so important about habits. And she showed me her version Bible app. And, you know, it keeps track of how many days you're in it. She, 800 and... I don't remember what it was. 860-some days in a row she was in her Bible app. And and I thought that that's powerful, you know? Yeah. And that's the kind of kind of stuff. And, and so... What we talked about is that our habits will either make us or break us. There's actually a, a statement from Stephen Covey wrote the book, um, seven seven. What was it, Bruce? You read this thing. Seven seven highly highly successful. Habit, yeah. Anyway, and he says this: our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do, and I think that is so so good. And and we talked about small decisions and. And about how small decisions can make a difference, whether they're good or bad. And it doesn't seem like it's a big deal that's happening right now. You don't see that those those success things or the bad things. But once you start that that kind of habit, it can actually either really improve your life or really ruin your life in, in years to come. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Yeah, I um, I think this is something I, I struggle a, a ton with. Like you talk about those small things and how we think they don't matter. Like that's like everything I do <laughs> and it's just like Courtney and I have this discussion nightly you know she's trying to like thinks we should be healthier and we eat and it's like that's probably true we should and you know it's like it's just like one cookie every night or yeah. three cans of Mountain Dew maybe um but yeah like it's so easy to just be like oh yeah that, that one decision doesn't really matter it doesn't seem like yeah but but over a course of time and years I'm, it can make a huge difference yeah and we just don't I, I think it's very easy to just not even pay attention or recognize or acknowledge those things. And yeah. I know that's what I do. You know, and, you know, we talked about last week is that we don't wreck our life all at once. It's just this continuous either good decisions or bad decisions that put us in either a good place or a bad place. And then Bruce actually made me add this one, you know, the, the, this Atomic Habits. I actually bought the book uh, to, to read. And the author, James Clear, says this, is you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And honestly, you and I are wired a lot alike with our, our personality traits, and we don't do a lot of systems. Systems and goals, I don't know what either of those are. <laughs> exactly. Now, Bruce, on the other hand... <laughs> it's it's really challenged me. I'm really thinking through that. Yeah, that's yeah. what you, you said. And that's why I actually added that on, because Bruce said, you know, that was a, a statement that really kind of... Can you read it again? Yeah. Uh, you didn't write it down, so... You, yeah, no, I know. I, that's why I said I added this. You don't rise to the level of your goals... So just setting your goals is not enough, is what the what, okay. what this author is saying. Okay. Is, is you, can, you know, a lot of us will set goals, and we we know where we want to get. And in in the major places of our lives, in our health, in our finances, in our relationships, whatever it may be, you know, we know this is what we want. We want the best version of ourselves. I don't think anybody out here watching or listening to this, you know, we want the best version of ourselves. But how do we get there? And he says that you don't rise to the level of your goals, 
you fall to the level of your systems. Okay. I, I heard that backwards. So yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. And so, you know, do you have a process of how to get there? Are you going to be the one who makes your bed every day? Are you going to be the one that gets into, into your version Bible app every day this year? And there's something special about this beginning of the year that we say, you know what, we've got a phrase. It, it's true for me, you know, I, and I don't set a lot of resolutions, but it has been true for me, especially the last several years, if we've got a fresh start. Yeah, I think even even beyond you know some of these things, I think it's it's really important because one thing that I don't think we do enough is to look back and actually evaluate. That's a good point. And so I think the beginning of the year is a, a great time, you know, coming off the the Christmas high and, and looking to what we want to accomplish this year. It's a great time to to evaluate and ask questions like, are we on the track we wanted to be on? Are right. we accomplishing what we want? And it's, I know something. It's 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 hard for me to to do that in my life. Yeah, and in the culture and the society, and <clears throat> even with everything going on with the pandemic and everything we've been through the last few years, it's even harder, I think, to do that because part of it is we kind of use that as an excuse. You know, well, here's why I have not yeah. accomplished a lot of things. Here's why yep. I'm not a better person than what I was at the beginning of the year. Here's why because you know we've used it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I think a lot. And so, and and we talked last week about the two things that really kind of keep us from going on. At least this was really true for me is one is we don't see results fast enough. Yep. You know, you say, I'm going to change and we make this radical change. We're going to eat better. We're going to exercise or whatever it is. Exercise is a big one for me, you know? Yep. And you don't, it, it takes months to lose any kind of weight whatsoever. And mm-hmm. so why, why should I go through all this trouble to do that? Yeah. So we don't see those results fast enough. And sometimes we don't see any results, but like... Again, it doesn't make the habits wrong. Again, exactly. That's a great point. Yeah. And then the last one is exactly what we just talked about is we don't have the systems in place. We don't have the, this is what's going to do. And I would argue that, you know, accountability is a big one in this place. You know, you watch people who go to the gym with somebody else, you know, they're, they're much more regular to attend. You're out there on yourself. And that's why we talk so much about community and how crucial that is to have someone yeah. there spurring you on, encouraging you and things like that. Yeah. So there you go. I agree. Yeah. So. Let's talk about, <clears throat> we're actually going to use the very same verse to jump off of uh, into this topic today. Is this okay? the verse you used last week? This is the verse we, I used last See, I was running week. the camera. I was more focused on making it look pretty. Oh, than... there you go. Good. <laughs> that's, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But let me read this to you. And, and I love, this is one of my favorite verses. I say that every time I, I have a verse, but I love this one. Um, it comes out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Here's what it says. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. We go on a lot for right there, but you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. And this is the old, you you reap what you sow yeah. whole thing. And and I, and I just believe this is so true. And I think you can look at this verse in so many ways. And you've got a unique take I want you to go on here for a minute. But for me, this has always been one of those things. You reap what you sow. And I think so often we think of, you know, God is out there waiting for us to make mistakes so that he can punish us. You know, and, and I'm not saying that he doesn't do that. But I think a lot of scripture has opened up to me when I've realized that, you know what, the guardrails that God gives us, the way that he tells us to live is just a better way to live. And it's not so much I'm going to punish you or I'm going to, to come down on you because of, you're not living this way. He's just saying that, hey, if you do this, good things are going to happen. If you do this, this bad things are going to happen. So why not just do the good things? Right. Yeah. 
Did you? Uh, so I actually, when you <laughs> sent me this yesterday, uh-huh. I read the the whole book of Galatians. Really? In my 12 hours of preparation for today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I read the whole book of Galatians, and I don't know, it was really interesting to me. So I don't know if you know the kind of the theme of the book of Galatians off the top of your head. No, um, So Paul is is writing, and the whole time he's essentially talking about the whole book is about freedom in Christ. Okay. And the whole book is about like escaping the things that we used to keep ourselves, kind of like the old covenant, new covenant, a little bit of that. But it's all about this freedom in Christ and how we are free to do what we want, but we should also do what's good. And what's interesting is when you get to this, it's almost, you know, chapter six, the conclusion, and it's like, hey, you reap what you sow. And if you're reaping what's in Christ, then you have freedom from all these things that are keeping you back. Yeah. And I just thought like, this is a cool finish and he kind of sums up the whole book really and it's like yeah we are are any of us do we feel totally free i don't think we do right and so no yeah that that's a that's a great take and and, you know it it reminds me of the verse where jesus says you know that he his burden is light and his you know and we have that kind of freedom but Mm -hmm. how many people really in our culture or in our world right now are experiencing any of that kind of freedom? Do you feel at peace? Do you, what we yeah. talked about at Christmas, the yeah. joy, love, and peace that only comes through Jesus. Do you, Are you experiencing that kind of peace, that kind of freedom, that mm-hmm. kind of joy in your lives? And if you're not, there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally chapter 5 is where he writes about the fruit of the Spirit. He also talks about when you're sowing, reaping. I'm not a farmer. Again, I'm mixed up. Um, when you're... <laughs> When you're giving into the sinful nature, what you're reaping is the sexual morality, lust, debauchery, like that's that whole list. Those are in chapter five. And so I love that he writes this and he's saying we're reaping what we sow. And so, yeah, when you sent me this, the the big thing that, that I started to think about, and I thought about this all day yesterday, is I think so often we focus on what we are planting and not what we're harvesting. And I think to me, I've realized there's a disconnect, especially in my life. And when I look at other people's lives, teenagers, there's a disconnect in, in what we think we've planted versus the end result that we're getting. Right. And even if we think that we're planting the correct thing, you made a comment earlier today of, of that we think we're planting all the right things, so we keep planting, we keep planting, we keep planting, but we never go back to the harvest and see what's actually happening. Right. Which, honestly kind of blew me away when you said that because I said that is so true you know we can talk about the habits we can talk about hey this is what you need to do this is what you 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 should be doing but if we don't look at what the end result is what we really are harvesting from this then there's a problem I think the church has done that some yeah and and I think we do that as believers but you even took it a step further with with and that's why we we do this whole generationally speaking thing is with you know you deal with teens and young people all the time and so if you can, expound upon that. Yeah, and so um, the last several months, it's really started to hit me um, just kind of how, I, I think, where we are culturally. And for me, I think it's it's good to look at young people because it's easier to see. The, the shifts, I think, are more drastic there. But I think the things that are true about young people right now are also true about all of us. Um, and I'll throw out some statistics. I wrote them down here. Um, but teenagers right now... Um, they are the loneliest, most anxious, depressed, I think, generation that's ever lived statistically. Yeah, and and <clears throat> the argument someone may say is that, well, all generations are that way, and that is correct. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you'll, you'll even look at boomers and what have you, and you'll see those stats are yes. all on the rise. But it's not to the extent 
yeah. of what these younger generations are. Yeah. So we're everybody's experiencing this, but it's off the charts, charts in the lower generations. Yeah. And and I don't. And this is not to make this you know a mental health discussion. It's just I think this is a very easy area to see where maybe we're not reaping what we think we've sown. Um, and so yeah, like teens right now are five times as likely to be depressed as they were in the 1920s. Um, and the one that really kind of shocked me last night when I found this, like there's a study in 2007 that said 8% of teens 12 to 17, I like that it says teens 12 to 17 when 12 years aren't teens, but anyway, <laughs> teens 12 to 17, 8% of them have been depressed in the last year. And in 2017, that number grew to 13%. And I believe if that study was done again today, it'd be even higher. And, um, and I know it's easy to say, like, we have better words for it, we have better things, but I can just tell you as someone who's worked with teens for 12 years, it is significantly worse now than it was 12 years ago. I didn't even talk about depression or anxiety. <clears throat> and now it's, it's the number one issue, I think, with them. And so somewhere along the way, there was a disconnect in what we thought we were planting versus what we're harvesting. Because like you said, those numbers are up in every age group, every generation. And so I think culturally we are not plant, we're not sowing what we reaping, whatever. I don't know the words, which one's right. Well, which well, one's putting well, it in the ground? Well, we're sowing. <laughs> Help me out, Brad. We, we, we think what we're sowing is the right thing, but obviously there's something, there's a disconnect somewhere because what we're reaping right now with, with all this anxiety, with all the depression, with all the suicide. Yeah. And, and again, this is not a mental health talk necessarily, yeah. but, but that's where it's it's being shown to us. Mm-hmm. But I think we can we can apply that logic to everywhere, right? Are we <clears throat> as happy as we want? Like happiness isn't a great. Do we have as much joy? Do we have as much peace? Like when we when we talk about the fruits of the spirit, do we have as much of those things as we hope we did or expect that we would? Um, and I know when I look at my life, like especially the last I think three years, I really don't have the same amount of joy or peace. Like it's been a lot more of a struggle, you know, for me internally. Right. And I feel like, you know, in some areas I thought it was COVID and I, I blamed COVID for sure. And it's like, we're far enough away from that now that I can't just blame that. And when I look back and I'm honest, it was taking place before that. And so I've had to look at my life and, and I don't have a lot of answers. You know, this is the last 12 hours, but right. um, I've had to look at my life and ask, like, this verse says, clearly, we always harvest what we plant. So what have I planted that's incorrect because I don't like the harvest? Well, and see, I I start running back to to you know what what are we planting? And I look at the stats of what's happening in with community around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, I don't want to get on the high horse like I did last week and talk about coming to church, but but there is there is an element of that of of this community piece that that I think is huge for us and you're seeing us more and more and more as a as a society get away from honest real life community we're as divided as we've ever been and I think we're sowing that a lot more than than ever. Bruce, do you have any comments on any of that? You know, you're sitting over there all awfully quiet. Yeah, no, I just think we had some great discussions beforehand and um I just think, you know, my question before we got on air was just is it really that much worse or do we just have better words for it now? And um you know, it's more acceptable to discuss these kinds of things. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Trevor? You kind of mentioned a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I would just say that 
we certainly have better language to understand a lot of the stuff now. We certainly have more discussions. Um, I think our teens right now are, in my experience, more willing to talk about it, um, more willing to, I think, self-evaluate. Um, but I just think like you look at the numbers statistically and they are rising so rapidly that to me it's not just we now have some better words. You look at the suicide rates, like that's not a, you know, that to me is is a sign that things are worse now than they've ever been. Yeah, and I think what Bruce has brought up plays into it because I think, you know, we just didn't talk a lot about, in my generation, we didn't talk a lot about that stuff. We didn't, you know, mental illness was just taboo, you, you know. Yeah. And so, yes, I think some of that is we do have better words for it, what have you. I think two things happen. One is that younger generations use that as a crutch sometimes. I agree. Um, you know, that, that, oh, you know, I have anxiety, I have this, I have that, you know, and, and it's our default of, well, this is my excuse for, for being that. I mean, that, and that, again, that's coming from, from someone in my generation. Yeah. I, so there might be a little bit of truth to that, but there are I think also... that's especially true with like ADD. Um, I think a lot of times we use, we use things as an excuse to not develop good habits and not improve. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, but, but I, but I agree with you is what you say, you know, you take suicide rates. I mean, we've talked about this before is that I think I knew one person in all my years that had committed suicide and you know, it's prevalent now. Yeah. So th there is something happening that you mm -hmm. can't argue that, that there yeah. is definitely something happening. We're worse off than what we were at one point. But I think we would say that, like, if we're honest, we're going to say this in every area, right? Like you said, we're, we're divided. We are, I feel that for sure. We are as divided, I think as I've ever noticed. And some of that's probably getting older. And, and that's, you know, and the first thing that comes to mind, I'm afraid, especially again, I'm going generationally and, and, and my generations or close is we think when you hear division, you think political. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and there is, there's all kinds of political division. There's yep. no, you can't argue that, but there's also in the church, yep. there is so much division in the church. I, I, again, I was just yesterday, I was, as I was watching football, I was strolling through some, some hot topic articles in, in Christian circles. And it's just stupid what we're arguing about. Yep. You think, what in the world are we doing? Yep. Um, and another, I would say non-mental health example of with teenagers. And this is one that really started to open my eyes to this. Um, this is brilliant. And yeah, so is... we were in small group. Um, this was maybe in September, October. And I asked, uh, all of the guys that were there that night. Um, and they were all talking about their sports teams and, and this, and I asked them, I was like, do you guys feel like you're supposed to compete against your teammates or cheer for your teammates? And unanimously they told me that they feel like their teammates were people they were supposed to compete against to be better than. And again, this is a, a me it's a perfect example of there's no way that their coaches or adults in their life are encouraging that type of mindset. But that is what they have harvested from what has been planted. And so again it goes back to I don't think we are we're not planting what we thought we were planting because what we've harvested is not what we should be harvesting. Yeah, we, we planted in the hopes of, of getting a, a certain result, and we haven't checked the results. Yeah. And so w what we are planting is not giving us the results that, that we want. And so there's something wrong there. Yeah. There's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah, and I think this is, um, like you said, the beginning of a year, this is kind of why I said when you asked me, do I make New Year's resolutions? Not really, but the beginning of the year gives you a chance to pause and go, okay, wait a second. Did I really accomplish what I set out to do? Mm -hmm. what, 
you know, am I going in, in our language, it's more about, uh, am I going the right direction? Right? Like if, am I better in this area this year than I was last year? And if not, well then what are those things that I have to do to put in my life to go back in that, to, you know, get steered back into the right direction. And, and going back and, and saying, hey, what are those systems right. that, that we need to, to put in or place? Or what are the things that are missing or what do I need to change? Or yeah. yeah. And I think unanimously we would all say, right, in, in Galatians 5, we would say that what we should be harvesting are the fruits of the Spirit. Right. There's right. no S, right? Fruit of the Spirit. Right, exactly. I, I got dinged on that in my ordination. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make fun of Brad Ford every time. Um, but yes, we should be harvesting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I maybe missed one. Um, and if that's not what we've harvested, I think we have to take a long, hard look at what we are planting. What habits and values do we really have that are harvesting things that aren't what we thought they were. And that's very difficult because, you know, we think, okay, yeah, we are planting all the right things. And so we just continue to do that without, again, checking what the results are. And and and, and we don't have the answer necessarily to that. We sat here earlier and said, you know, we're going to talk about all this, but we don't necessarily have, have the answers. And, well, and, I think, though, one of the key parts is doing what we're doing today and admitting that. Because absolutely, one of the phrases I've or a quote that I've heard before is, "Your systems in your life are perfectly engineered to get the results you're getting now." Yes. So if you don't like the results, you've got to change something. Yeah. You can't just keep doing the same things over and over, and it's not. We can't just keep using the excuse of you know COVID or culture or whatever. The reality is, the Bible says that verse you read just says. You reap what you sow. And so if you're not happy with what you're reaping, what you have to do is figure out what do I have to change in the sowing part. Yeah. And I think what, uh, I think part of the key to this is, especially for parents, because we're, we're heavily looking at, at teens and, and young, and I would say this, even, this isn't just about teens. This is about establishing habits and things even in our, in our young children, bridge yeah. kids' age and, and what have you, is that you, you, know, you, you take that, that stock of where are you not only health wise, spiritually wise, community wise, you know, in all these areas and saying, okay, is what I'm doing getting us to where I want my kids to be grow up. And one of the things that, that I had written down, uh, you know, was it's one of my, my wishes that when, when my kids were growing up, I, they would have seen me doing more of these positive things and habits and what have you. And they pick up on that, yeah. Because we, you know, Barb and I raised a bunch of workaholics, <laughs> because that's Shocker. that was kind of who 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 we were, you know. So they do pick up on those kind of habits, and so yeah. And I would say too, like when I when I look around, and and honestly, even when I when I self evaluate my own life, and I ask, like, I think most of us would would say that like God and faith should be our top priority. Maybe we say family's our top priority and God's second priority. Like, I don't know. I think we would say that. Right. But that's not what we are planting. And so even for me, like, and, and I've established these habits for a long time, but I, I still think, like, if I'm honest, God's probably not my top priority in the way that I, that I make decisions, the way that I spend my time, the efforts I put in. Like, if I'm really honest, even though I would say it is, 
Um, and I think you're seeing that reflected in the way that young people are living and making decisions. And that's where I say, this isn't just about young people, but I think young people are a great example of what we've planted for the last 20, 30, 40 years. And we can see that there's a disconnect and it's not just about how we raise them, but it's also, I think about changing us because when we change, we'll be planting something different, but the change is also because we have to, we have to do better. We, if we want something different, like you're saying, we have to do something different. And yeah, that's, that is powerful stuff. And again, you know, you look at the stats of of what is happening and I'm going to bring it back. You know, it's, most of the people who are listening, watching, what have you, are, are thinking of the spiritual consequences of this. And, and I believe it's just at the beginning of this year, we've got to renew our, our solve is are we going to put God first? And and I would say most people, as you just said, are saying, Well, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. In reality, let's just let's just be honest. We don't. No. Our our time doesn't, our finances don't, our energy doesn't. That all goes elsewhere. And then maybe we read our Bible a little bit. And we try to make it look like it, it does. We show, we show up enough. We do enough. We, you know, again, we, we read the Bible enough. We pray enough. We, we show up on occasion. And so we have this outskirt of it looks okay, but in reality, God is not our first priority. Yep. And I believe in the church, and I'm not talking about the four walls. I'm talking about we as Jesus followers, it is radically showing in, in, in the way our culture, society, and how we live and treat others is happening. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I wrote down, if I'm honest, like, what are our biggest values right now that we've communicated? Like, it's really sports, competition, school, success, uh, money, uh, looking good on social media, like, stand, like, these are the things that we've like shown our our values and it's not the important habits of of god being the priority like when was the last time we said no to something else because we were making room for god that's a great question for everybody yeah yeah because yeah. honestly and and we're going to be talking a little bit about this in our new year series and things and coming up we're going to do a a, a a series a little bit about margin and honestly let's just face it the first thing we do if if our lives get busy the first thing we cut out are those things of god i do my quiet time morning time reading praying what have you um i have to come to church because i get paid to do that yeah you know and and honestly it's true is is the first thing that we tend to cut out are those things of god and we are paying and reaping what we have sown with that in our lives whether we like it or not Right. And we can try to fool ourselves and say, no, we're doing pretty good in this area. Yep. In reality, we just aren't. Yeah. And that's why I think young people are a great barometer of that. Like, if we have young people in our lives who are sold out and committed and, and this is their priority, then I think that means we're probably planting the right things. Right. But if not, I think we have to question what we've planted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just one thing I've struggled with is, is Jesus calls us to sacrifice things. And Jesus sacrificed everything. But we, as American Christians, often don't sacrifice anything for being a Christ follower. Yeah. So on that encouraging note, <laughs> it, it, to me, it, you know, it, it's a tough conversation to have. But I've even sat here and, and questioned myself, you know, because y- you have this, and I believe that's part of the enemy is saying, you know, no, you're doing okay. 
Right. You're you're, you're doing all right. You know everything. You're, yeah. you're you're in pretty good shape. You compare yourself with this person over here who's not really doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I think it's so easy to go down that trail and we get lost in that. Mm-hmm. And and for me, this is just a great time of the year to say, you know, where do I stand? Right. Am I as committed as I think that I really am? And does it show in all areas of my life? Yeah. And I I feel like this is a topic. This isn't just like, hey, learn something, you know, but it's, this isn't stuff that, that we probably don't know, but I think it's something where we all can take an honest look at evaluating, and there's things that all of us can take steps forward this year. Like, we all have a healthy habit we can implement, or a healthy habit we can implement more, um, and then hopefully at the end of the year can ask, did we reap what we thought we should? Yeah, that's good stuff. Final comments. Bruce, you got anything to add? No, I think that's a good place to end it. Good, great place to end it. Trevor, any final thoughts? I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> well, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Let me let me just pray for us, and um, and we'll we'll sign off. God, we um, are here at the beginning of a brand new year, and um, this has made me actually think harder than I thought I was going to today about where I really stand with you. And Father, it, our priority needs to be you. You need to be first thing in our lives no matter what. And so, God, I just pray that you'll impress upon our hearts, that you'll give us the resources, you'll give us the systems in place that we can just follow you with all of our heart and that, you know what, we will reap what we sow. And so, God, just thank you for this time, for the honesty that we are able to talk about and this platform that we are able to use. So, God, we just give you all the glory. We're looking forward to a great year. We pray that you will be glorified in it. It's in the amazing name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for showing up. Woo! All right. Go Colts, right? Here we go. I don't know. Do they even play today?